Well, I want to welcome our satellites. Good to be with you um, today. Thanks for continuing on in this journey through Romans. We're in Romans chapter 5. We're going to be in chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Um, and we're going to be talking, we're continuing in this journey of talking about um, why our justification matters. Why, it, why the gospel matters, how it changes the way that we live, how it changes the way that we think. And in this particular passage, we're going to be talking about love. And love is a tricky thing. We're made by love. God uh, is love, according to 1 John. God is love. We're made to love, and we're made to receive love. But of course, most of us have received imperfect love in our journey, and we've given imperfect love. Most of us end up in a cycle of looking for love in all the wrong places, with a strategy driven by fear or control or manipulation or even passivity, just being a doormat, hoping that love will come our way. What Paul wants us to know in Romans is that he wants us to know that one of the great benefits of being near to God, our justification by faith, is the experience of God's love becomes more and more real to us. Because to be justified, we've talked about, is to be approved. And to be approved is to be loved, and to love is to approve. And this matters a lot. It matters a lot to who we are. So I want to pray, and then we're going to look at this passage. Father, I do pray. I pray that your word comes alive to us. I pray that you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that something happens in this time that there would be a greater knowledge of God's love, of your love for us, but also a greater experience of your love for us. And I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 5. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week, that we have gained access. It's not just the peace of God, it's a peace with God. We have relationship with him. And through him, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also Glory in our sufferings. We talked about that last week, how um, our justification by faith, our, the gospel, the good news of Jesus changes and realigns how we, um, how we respond, how we live in, when we suffer. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love, this is where we want to kind of land, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
The Holy Spirit is God himself. And when we become a Christian, when we place our faith and our trust in Christ, his spirit comes. God himself comes to live in us. Verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for those who were not yet godly. Before we were good. He goes on. He says, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel is contained in that one verse, the good news. Not when we got our act together, not when we did enough good things, but while we were still sinners, still in the condition of sin, still living under the power of sin, Christ died for us. Verse nine, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, made right, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We receive our confidence. We talked about this again last week. Um, We receive our confidence in God because through him we have received reconciliation. We've been made right with him. But what I want us to kind of dial down into is that Paul wants Christians, this early church in Rome, he wants them to have a confidence in the love of Christ for them. And he gives us three reasons why. Because sometimes that love of Christ can feel kind of trite. Oh yeah, God loves me. Well, that's what he's supposed to do. That's his job. But Paul tells us three things in this passage about this love of Christ. And and he wants us to live out of that kind of love. The first thing he tells us is that God's love in Christ is extravagantly gracious. While we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, love that is conditioned by grace cannot be taken away. Love that's conditioned by an extravagant grace cannot be taken away because we never did anything to earn it. We can't do anything to lose it. If God's love was conditioned on works, on our right living, on how much we went to church, on how much money we gave away, whatever it is, on our goodness, then God can give and he can take it away, right? And this is when we are so thankful that God is not like us. 
he is not like us. Our love goes up and down and all around. Our love is a feeling and then we don't feel it. But God's love is a love that is conditioned upon grace. It is an extravagant, gracious gift to us. And the second thing that I think Paul wants us to see is that God's love for us in Christ is rooted in history. It is a reality. It isn't just an experience. It is something that was demonstrated for us. That's his point, that God demonstrated, God showed his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did something, and he did it in time and space. Right. Because, one, we've talked about this, Christ's death, death was necessary for us. For us to be freed from the power of sin, for us to be uh, reconciled, for us to be freed from the righteous wrath of God, Christ himself needed to absorb that wrath. Christ himself needed to take that on himself. And so on a hillside outside of Jerusalem, very possibly near the same place that Abraham offered his son Isaac, God offered his son Jesus for you, for me. I've heard it said, and I believe it to be true, that if you were the only person alive, Christ would have died for you. He would have died for me. You see, when we don't feel love, and oftentimes we don't feel love, we don't have an emotional experience of God's love, Paul wants us to know that this love is grounded in a historical event. It's not just a feeling. It is the moment when love conquered sin and death on the cross. It's why we meditate upon scripture. It's why we meditate upon truth. Because oftentimes we don't feel the love of God. He is far, he's not far, he's near, but he, he's invisible, right? And we don't see him, and we don't always experience a physical touch by him. And Paul wants us to say, to know, well, but his love was demonstrated for you. But what happens when we don't feel love is we're tempted to test love. And my encouragement to you is that we are better off believing, trusting in God's love than testing God's love. When we test love, when, even when we do it in our regular relationships, when we test love, I think we, we it doesn't do anything to the other person, but it, we end up not experiencing the love that we so desperately long for. And so again, Paul just wants to say, when you're not feeling this love necessarily, when you're not sure of it, look back. Look back 
at what Christ has done for us. But he says something else. First, of course, he's telling us that God's love in Christ is extravagantly gracious, that it is rooted in history. But also this, there is an experience of love for those who are in Christ. Because the miracle of being in Christ is to have the Holy Spirit. And this third thing that Paul points out is that the love of God in Christ is experienced through the Holy Spirit. Love is not always a feeling, but it often is a feeling too, right? And he, he tells us that if you have been justified by faith in Christ, you will experience the love of Christ for you. Not every second, there will be seasons when you do not feel, when it feels like the love of God is so far away. When you feel like you're living in the desert, when you feel like it's a drought. I know that to be true. You know that to be true. And that's where faith is our friend. That is where um, rooting our understanding of God's love in history is helpful. But Paul does say this here. He says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I believe that in this little verse, He's speaking to the experience of love, the feeling of love. For our heart is the reservoir of our emotions. But this is the work of the Holy Spirit. I can teach you of the historical reality of God's love for you. We can ground it in that historical event on Calvary that one day. In those three days, when the tomb then opened up and Christ was resurrected, that's where we ground our understanding of his love. I can walk you through scripture affirming God's love for you. The, the Bible is filled with an understanding and a proclamation of God as a God of love, of compassion, of kindness, of persevering patience, of grace, of tenderness. But for you, for me to feel God's love, I don't have a formula for that. I don't want to manufacture an environment just to create an emotion. What I want for me, I want for you, I want an authentic experience of God's love. I really do believe when we live as loved people, loved by Christ, we love differently. We experience patience, we experience gentleness, we experience something in ourselves that we can extend to another because we live already loved and we can receive love with a new freedom. 
We can give love with a greater generosity. I want for us this authentic experience of God's love that is poured into our hearts by God himself, the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how to manufacture that. I think it's why in Ephesians, Paul wants so desperately uh, for this, this little church in Ephesus to understand uh, God's love for them, the outpouring of blessing upon them. In Ephesians chapter one, he lays out, he really lays out imputed righteousness in Ephesians chapter one. He lays out that all the blessings of Christ are upon you. You have all the riches of Christ. All that is in Christ is in you. He, and then he goes on and he continues to talk about this, this grace poured out that our salvation is not by works but by grace in Ephesians chapter two. And then he, he just kind of busts into prayer in Ephesians chapter three. And I think he busts into prayer because he doesn't know. How do I convince you of the love of Christ? How do I convince you to live in the confidence of God's love for you? And I think he's like, I don't know how to convince you, so I'm just gonna pray for you. And I love how the message uh, paraphrase says this. It's in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. You can go back and look in your NIV or other version of the Bible, but I just wanna read this prayer from the message because I think it captures this heart of Paul. And he just says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. My response is to get down on my knees and pray for you. To get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Holy Spirit. By his Spirit. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. That's what it means to become a Christian. If you have not yet done that, I just encourage you, would you open the door and let him in? He has made a way, that's what we've been talking about all of these weeks, he's made a way, he's given you access. Would you just open the door and invite him in? And he says, I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love. You'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. See, this is Paul's like, I don't know how to get this into you, but I'm gonna pray that it gets into you. I want, I want the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love to get in you. One commentary I read on this passage said that the language here is really that the, that the love of Christ would ambush you. That you would be ambushed, you would be taken captive by the love of Christ for you. He 
he goes on in his prayer, reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. In your NIV, it would say, know how deep, how wide, how high is the love of Christ for you. Do you feel like you're in a pit? His love is deeper. Do you feel like you're riding high on a cloud? His love is higher. And he wants to pour that love out into you. Paul's prayer goes on. It says, he says this, God, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. And so what I want to do for just a moment is I want to create a space that we might make this our prayer. And I want to invite you, even in this coming week, would you just give three minutes a day to just sitting with your palms up and saying, God, I want to receive your love for me. Would you pour out your love for me through your Holy Spirit? I don't want to manufacture something. I don't want to jump up and down hoping that's going to get God's attention and the feeling of this love. I want an authentic outpouring of God's love through his Spirit. Something working inside of me that I might more and more live from that place of love. So I'm just going to give us a minute. Just allow us, if you feel comfortable, maybe just raise your palms upward, rest them on your legs, and just say, Oh God, pour your love out on me. Pour your love out on me. Come Holy Spirit.
convince us of how high and wide and deep is the love of Christ for us. We pray in your name, amen. You may or may not have had any experience, and that's okay. God's love, again, is grounded in a historical event. It's grounded in reality. It's grounded in truth. And sometimes we don't feel that. But I just encourage you, continue to ask. Don't try to work anything up. Don't try to rate your spiritual life on how you feel God's love or don't feel God's love. But invite him through this promise found in Romans chapter 5 that he will pour out into our hearts the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want for me, what I want for you. I want to be as convinced of God's love for me as my friend William, he's eight, of his, the, how convinced William is of my love for him. This summer, it was my birthday, and William and his family gave me a birthday card, and they all wrote notes in it, his sister and his mom and his dad, and I loved what they wrote, but I had to hold on to this card forever for what William wrote. He said this, happy birthday, Cheryl. I love you, and you are awesome, and you love me, of course. You love me, of course. You are nice and you are kind. I love you and you love me. Love, William. Wonder if that became our prayer for this week. That we prayed a prayer that was like this note. God, I love you and you are awesome. And then we just sit in the awesome. And then we declare, God, I love you, and you are awesome, and you love me, of course, right? Of course. Of course you love me. Of course that's what you do. Because you're an extravagantly gracious God. And you demonstrated it to me on the cross. And then we would go on. God, you are nice. <laughs> and you are kind. God, I love you, and you love me. Would that be our prayer? You love me, God. Of course. Of course you do. Father, I pray that for myself and for my friends here. Oh, Lord. Would we have such a confidence in your love for us? Would it just be almost so, of, a matter of fact, so of course you love me. Of course you're for me. Of course you like me. Of course I love you and you love me. Oh, I'm thankful for that, Lord. And I pray for that truth 
to certainly take greater root in our mind, knowing that this is a truth we ground in history and in reality. But Lord, we do ask, would this love be poured into our hearts through your Holy Spirit that we would live as loved people, able to then extend love and receive love without shame because you have so extravagantly loved us. I pray it in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.